Hello and welcome to the Business Standard Morning Show. I'm Vinu Sandhu. It's the 22nd of February 2024 and here are the questions we will be answering today. Will tech companies follow Meta's lead on deepfake? Do nutritional supplements need better regulation? Are markets overvalued at current levels? And how to deactivate and replace Paytm Fastag? The general election is around the corner and internet users are increasingly facing the risk of misleading content online. Such content is often circulated with the intent to influence voters. But tech giant Meta has recently found a way to crack down on the problem. It will soon introduce a dedicated chatbot on WhatsApp to identify deepfakes. Kasturi Akhil and Ayush Mishra find out if other tech companies will follow suit. A fact-checking chatbot is coming to WhatsApp soon to identify deepfake content on the platform. The aim? Curb the spread of AI-generated misinformation and protect people from getting deceived on matters of public importance. This has been made possible through a joint effort between WhatsApp's parent company Meta and Misinformation Combat Alliance, a cross-industry alliance. The duo recently announced the launch of a fact-checking helpline on WhatsApp that is expected to be available for public use next month. Deepfake alters images, videos or audio to convincingly swap faces, bodies or voices, creating content that appears original and authentic. The WhatsApp helpline will allow users to flag such deepfakes by alerting a dedicated chatbot. The chatbot will offer support in English, Hindi, Tamil and Telugu. The Misinformation Combat Alliance or MCA will work with other member fact-checking bodies, industry partners and digital labs to verify the content and respond to messages accordingly, thereby quashing false claims and misinformation. Bharat Gupta, the president of MCA, emphasized that the Deepfakes Analysis Unit will serve as a timely intervention to arrest the spread of AI-enabled disinformation among internet users in India. In the World Economic Forum's 2024 Global Risk Report, the spread of disinformation and misinformation was ranked as the number one risk for India, even above other risks such as infectious diseases and labour shortages, among others. During the 2019 general election, the Indian internet landscape was fraught with fake news, where social media platforms were weaponized to spread inflammatory messages. Recognizing the importance of a dedicated AI regulation in India, the Minister of State for Electronics and Information Technology, Rajiv Chandrasekhar, recently announced a draft regulatory framework for AI by June or July. CyberX9 founder Himanshu Pathak and Ravi Singhania of Singhania and Partners explain the existing legal framework to tackle deepfakes in India. We don't have any direct laws. There are indirect laws which affect them, like privacy and like trademarks, like copyrights. They can be indirectly used to cover somewhat damage caused by AI. I would say if you're looking at deepfakes, you could look at it in two perspectives. One is from civil perspective which is whether it is being used for fraud, impersonation, 
or uh, forgery. There you could file a, a complaint under the Indian Penal Code in the old format. Or you could look at the Information Technology Act, uh, Section 66 has various provisions which uh, provide for protection under the impersonation or transmission of obscene materials. Uh, lastly, I would also like to add that the uh, Ministry of Information Technology has also given guidelines that the social media platforms or uh, content providers to take care of any such mischief when they are complained of within 36 hours and to withdraw or remove such content which is violating anybody's personal rights. Recently, Meta has announced plans to implement an AI labeling policy for Facebook, Instagram and Threads by tagging content that are AI generated. Union Information Technology Minister Ashwini Vaishnav also stressed on watermarking and labeling to combat deepfakes while acknowledging that these are not foolproof solutions. So, how can we combat deepfakes? The best way to combat deepfake is there is no one fix at all. One fix means you cannot apply formula one for all the deepfakes. It is a evolving technology and on daily basis new amendments, new advancements, new enhancements are coming in. So there can't be one set of protocol which will employs to all kind of AI generated audios or videos or whatever it is. So it should be evolving. One thing which can be done and which can affect in a wide aspect is if if the developers of AI technologies, uh, or which are uh, which are creating these videos and uh, graphics and voices artificially, they can put a signature in their video, graphic, or audio, which can help in identifying that this is AI generated and this is original. Earlier this month, a group of 20 leading tech companies, including Microsoft, Meta. Google, Amazon and IBM signed an agreement to help prevent deceptive AI content ahead of global elections this year. So will other tech giants follow suit to tackle deepfake in India? Other tech giants would also have to follow the same suit, join that alliance and it is a combined fight for their own existence to ensure that the content which is available is true content and not artificially generated and so that the consumers do not blame them or the regulatory authorities don't take them to task as to what are they propagating and sooner or later as and when like you know as it becomes more uh, abundantly uh, uh, available publicly they would need to uh, join this alliance and upgrade their skills to identify these deep fakes India still doesn't have legal provisions that directly deal with deepfake content. Experts thus emphasize the urgency for dedicated legislation. According to Statista, India has about 755 million social media users as of 2022 and ranks second after China in terms of number of users. The escalating threat of deepfakes against the backdrop of upcoming elections makes it more urgent for technology companies to follow Meta's lead. Experts believe that developers of AI should also come together and establish a common technical standard to identify deepfakes.
collaboration with MCA includes partnerships with 11 independent fact-checking organizations that will help users to identify, review and verify potential misinformation on its platforms. Moving on, popping dietary supplement pills has become a routine for many around us and these supplements are flying off chemist shelves. The increasing demand for dietary supplement has prompted the center to consider stricter regulations for the nutraceutical industry. The government wants nutraceuticals to be of the same standards as pharmaceuticals, citing concerns over their unsupervised usage. Shivam Tyagi explores if India requires tighter nutraceutical regulations. The central government is now considering regulating nutraceuticals under the Apex Drug Regulator, the Central Drugs Controller Organization or CDSCO. Currently, the Food Safety and Standards Authority of India or FSSAI regulates health supplements and nutraceuticals under the Food Safety and Standards Regulations 2022. The government has formed a panel to this effect to address regulatory challenges and enhance consumer safety. This comes on the back of overuse of dietary supplements that are available for over-the-counter consumption. Nutraceuticals are products derived from food sources that offer health benefits beyond basic nutrition. They are marketed as products that enhance well-being and manage health conditions. Nutraceuticals are dietary supplements with added bioactive ingredients like vitamins, minerals, herbs and amino acids. Medical practitioners say people are consuming nutritional pills even without need of any deficiency. They also claim to offer disease management and prevention, which blurs their difference with pharmaceuticals. Dr. Abby Phillips of Rajagiri Hospital, Koji, explains the risks of its unsupervised consumption. The first and foremost thing is that uh, you know nutraceuticals are not uh, marketed as drugs, uh, but they're marketed as you know food and dietary supplements, which essentially means that you know you don't one pers a person does not have to or somebody who's marketing it does not have to actually prove uh, its efficacy or safety through proper rigorously tested clinical trials. And uh, this is all you know available over the counter. Anybody can prescribe it. Anybody can just go buy it off the shelves. And uh, this 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 whole aspect of marketing is basically based on very flimsy evidence. You know, very basic science evidence uh, based on studies in you know rats, mice, or pigs in cells and tissues, but never actually in uh, good quality trials in humans. The government is also wary about adverse drug reactions with nutraceuticals, especially when patients are on other medications. Interactions of nutrients antagonistic to each other, like calcium delaying iron absorption, are also potential concerns. Nutraceuticals, they, they come in various genres. There are dietary supplements, uh, there are products that purport to help, uh, to help with certain health conditions and, and so on. Uh, say, for example, uh, certain ingredients can interact with medications that patient is already on. For example, some uh, some of these products can interact with anticoagulants, birth control pills, antidepressants, and so on. So that's one. Second is some of them contain um, apparently innocuous components. For example, caffeine. You know, we all, most of us, most of us drink and enjoy our coffee, but 
caffeine, when taken as a tablet, as a medication, can um, can make your heart race really fast. Your heartbeat can go up um, to unhealthy levels, and it can make you feel sick. So uh, there are all sorts of issues with um, uh, with, with nutraceuticals if taken um, a without knowledge, without adequate knowledge. B without indication, and C without control of. Uh, let's say the duration of treatment. The nutraceutical industry is growing by leaps and bounds in India, as it is estimated to reach $18 billion by the year 2025 from $4 billion in 2020. According to a survey by research firm Pronto Consult, across 15 Indian cities, nutraceuticals accounted for 31% of total billings at pharmacies in September 2023. With increasing demand for nutraceuticals, quality of supplements has also become important. However, in December 2023, almost one-fifth or 19.2% of the total substandard medicines in India were nutraceutical tablets, as revealed by CDSCO's drug alert list. Accordingly, the government is now considering equating supplements with drugs by certifying nutraceuticals in accordance with Schedule M of drugs. Schedule M is a section of Drugs and Cosmetics Act 1942 that lists minimum requirements for good manufacturing practices for pharmaceuticals. So, do nutraceuticals need title regulation? I don't think equating them to drugs is a... <clears throat> is the right way to regulate nutraceuticals because the key the key distinguishing point when it comes to regulating drugs is that you need to generate proof of safety and efficacy right for a specific therapeutic condition now with most nutraceuticals they don't make claims to be curing a specific uh, medical condition right most of them will generally advertise themselves as uh, we'll, we'll improve your uh, immunity or we'll boost your uh, your strength on those lines. So it's impossible to, to prove those parameters through clinical trials, right? So like the, the kind of claims that they make, you can never establish them through clinical trials. The smarter thing to do for the government is to maybe regulate uh, advertising and just making sure that these uh, nutraceuticals don't contain dangerous uh, contaminants. Clinicians propose the government should put out guidelines or warnings that can alert the public about certain ingredients that can potentially cause more harm than good. What the government can do is that instead of just uh, saying that they're regulating it, you know, they have to come up with uh, statements that benefit the public. For example, if you look at Denmark, uh, ashwagandha is actually banned in Denmark because of concerns of liver injury and because uh, it can cause abortions in uh, pregnant women. So it's banned. It's not marketed there. In Italy, turmeric supplements are uh, withheld from the market and the government has specifically stated that people should not market turmeric on any benefit claims and they should be aware that turmeric can actually injure the liver. And uh, these kinds of uh, warnings needs to be given. Industry observers have welcomed the government's move to tighten nutraceutical regulations, but they caution against equating supplements with drugs, fearing potential harm to the industry. They suggest the regulations should tackle their advertising 
and unsubstantiated claims while ensuring quality standards are upheld. Meanwhile, the equity markets have been steadily edging higher over the past few days with the Nifty 50 index hitting an all-time high recently. So is it time to get cautious? How comfortable are analysts with the market valuations and what should your investment strategy in this backdrop be? Puneet Vadha brings you a report. The benchmark Nifty 50 index claimed a fresh lifetime high of 22,187 on 19th February after a stupendous 500-point rally in five days. Meanwhile, the BSE Sensex index has leaped little over 1,600 points during the period. Analysts believe the general euphoria on the street has resulted in dangerous obsession with superficial narratives at the expense of fundamentals. Meanwhile, the mid- and small-cap indices have rallied over 60% each on the NSE in the past one year as compared to around 23% rise in the Nifty 50 index. Frankly, not at all comfortable with the market valuation. It's gotten a bit too expensive, especially on the mid-cap and the small-cap side of the market. However, market is supreme and has a mind of its own, irrespective of what each of us may suggest. So it can still move up further based on liquidity flows. As an investor, I would be extremely cautious. Uh, would prefer to be around 25% in cash in my portfolio and possibly look for further uh, profit booking opportunities. As of January 2024, the latest price to book valuation for the Nifty 50 index was 114% of the average historical valuation. Data by HDFC Securities shows that the last time when this ratio crossed the 100% mark in FY22, the index declined by around 2% in the subsequent financial year. Similarly, the Nifty Midcap 100 is currently trading at 122% of the historical price to book valuation. The previous peak was made in FY15 at 129%, post which the index declined by 4.2% in the subsequent financial year. As for the Nifty Small Cap Index, it is currently trading at 149% of its historical price-to-book valuation, surpassing its previous peak of 125% made in FY21. In the last decade, this level of overvaluation in mid- and small-cap indices has not always resulted in a sharp index correction in subsequent one to two years, HGFC Securities notes. Given this, what should be your investment strategy? Cherry-picking at this point of time is extremely difficult as uh, the stocks are overmined. Valuation-wise, opportunities are very limited. However, it's a huge opportunity for traders as uh, there is momentum in many pockets. So if one plays uh, these opportunities with a, with a discipline of a strict stop loss, I think there is good money to be made. Stockwise, Bandhan Bank, Crompton Consumer, Orbindo Pharma and City Union Bank are the top buy ideas by HDFC Securities. On the other hand, stocks that are more stretched versus historical valuations are Tata Motors, Nestle India, Titan and Britannia. Analysts do not expect a sharp correction in the markets just yet, especially if the Bharatiya Janta Party was to win the forthcoming Lok Sabha elections in 2024. However, they believe the disconnect between fundamentals and valuations does ring alarm bells. 
Today, on 22nd February, minutes of the US Federal Reserve's latest policy meeting, along with stock-specific actions, will sway the markets. He's making plans for an early retirement. Business Standard Recently, the Indian Highways Management Recently, the Indian Highways Management Company advised highway users to buy fast tags from 32 authorized banks and not Paytm Payments Bank. The company is the toll collecting arm of the state-owned National Highways Authority of India. But what if you own a fast tag by Paytm Payments Bank? Find out how you can deactivate that and buy a new one. According to the Frequently Asked Questions or FAQs announced by the RBI last week, after March 15, users will not be able to recharge their fast tags issued by PPBL. The users will, however, be able to close their old fast tag and request for a refund. It is suggested that you procure a new fast tag issued by another bank before March 15, 2024, to avoid any inconvenience, the FAQs said. Let's understand how to deactivate the Paytm FastTag. According to Paytm's website, you can use your mobile number and tag ID to close the existing Paytm FastTag account. Now, place a call on the toll-free number and mention your mobile number against which the FastTag has been registered. Then, mention the vehicle registration number or tag ID along with it. Paytm's customer support will get in touch and confirm the closure of FastTag. There is another way to close your Paytm FastTag. In the Paytm app, tap on the profile icon, then click on Help and Support. Now under the Banking Services and Payments section, select FastTag. Now click on Chat with us and ask the executive to deactivate the account. To buy a new FastTag, download the My FastTag app on your mobile phone. In the app, click on Buy FastTag. It will show you an e-commerce link to buy the tag. Now purchase the fast tag and it will be delivered to you. In the My Fast Tag app, click on Activate Fast Tag. Now select Amazon or Flipkart based on where you made the purchase from. Then enter the fast tag ID or scan the QR code. Finally, enter your vehicle details and it will be activated. Fast tags can also be brought on toll plazas or member banks. The NHAI has published the list of 32 member banks that offer new fast tag on its website. It includes Airtel Payments Bank, Bank of Baroda, HDFC Bank, ICICI Bank, IDBI Bank, Punjab National Bank, State Bank of India and Yes Bank among others. Trusted Bank, SBI, the banker to every Indian. Well, that's all for today. For more news and analysis, please log into our website, business-standard.com. Thank you for watching. For more news, views and updates, subscribe to Business Standard on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Also, follow us on YouTube, Vimeo, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn.